Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a close win up in Boston and a rumored new sports stadium in Syracuse. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is SNY basketball writer Adam Zagoria of ZagsBlog.com. Adam, thanks so much for being on again today. Anytime, Wes. How we doing, buddy? Good. Uh, and you know who's doing even better right now? Tyler Ennis. And Adam, I know you've known him a lot over time. You followed him in high school. You've spoken to the scouts. You've spoken to the coaches. You've spoken to him. He's one of the elite freshmen in the country. Is he a one-and-done player? Well, it just cracks me up how everybody's jumping on the Tyler Ennis bandwagon. I mean, uh, we covered this kid at St. Benedict's. You know, I, I know he was going to be good. We, we've known he was going to be good for a while. And the beginning of the season, I don't think people really understood or respected how good he could be. I don't think he was in those ESPN freshman rankings at all. And now all of a sudden he's number one on the ESPN list. And the bandwagon is getting a little too crowded. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I don't think at the beginning of the season people thought he could be one and done. But certainly if they keep playing like they are and, you know, Syracuse certainly looks like he can make a deep run in the tournament that always helps people's draft stock um you know if they get to a, a final four or something like that and he's playing like he is now or you know at another level i think it'll be it'll be tough for him not to come out well let's talk about another possible one and done syracuse landing one of the, the best recruits of that next class chris mccullough is coming in he's tearing things up as prep school right now do you what what do syracuse fans expect to see from him for next year well, I mean, first of all, as I wrote uh, in the story that's up on Zags blog right now, I remember talking to Jim Beheim back in March when all this sort of rumors about his imminent retirement were floating around. And he said to me then that, you know, basically he wasn't going to retire because of the players he had coming in, you know, in this year's class, meaning Ennis and those guys, and also the underclassmen. And you could tell that he's very excited to coach Chris McCullough. I- I'm sure that. Beheim will stay at least and you know through next year, uh, you know probably longer to coach Chris McCullough. You know he's a six ten, uh, you know incredibly long athlete who's going to fit in perfectly in the two three zone. You know he's had a little bit of a crazy year here where he basically got booted out of Brewster Academy for a violation of team rules, but he's landed on his feet at IMG in Florida. Uh, he's averaging about twenty and nine down there. I talked to him yesterday seems to be doing well 
And, um, you know, I think he's going to be a perfect fit in the zone. And, um, you know, everyone's thought all along he has the talent to be one and done, and, and we'll have to, you know, see. He'll have to continue to play hard and uh, play focused at Syracuse. Adam, let's look a little bit further down the road now. Syracuse has a bunch of options in the 2015 class. Uh, they did pick up another commitment from Malachi Richardson, who you've gotten to know very well. Does that mean that Isaiah Briscoe is out of the picture, and who does that eliminate, and who does that keep in? Well, uh, yeah, Malachi and Isaiah are are friendly, and they're different kind of players, and, and Isaiah told me that the Malachi commitment would not mean that Isaiah wouldn't go there. You know, they're kind of Malachi's a little bit more of a shooter. Briscoe's a little bit more of a combo guard who can break guys down off the dribble. So I think it's possible they could get both. Um, you know, I think Isaiah Briscoe's recruitment is, is pretty interesting. I mean, for a long time I thought it would be Syracuse or Arizona, and, you know, I still think those are probably the favorites. But he goes to a lot of Seton Hall games down here in New Jersey. He goes to some Rutgers games. I think there's part of him that likes the idea of um, maybe staying home, being a big star locally. And Seton Hall's put together, you know, a really great class in 2014. So I think it's possible that he could end up staying home and going to a Seton Hall or a St. John's in 2015. Um, but, uh, you know, Syracuse has always been in the mix, and, uh, you know, his sister, his sister went there. Now let's talk about some of the other recruits that are still available in that class. Uh, Derek Jones, Thomas Bryant, uh, Dang Diallo. There, there's a lot of options there. Uh, are, are any of these more realistic options than others? Well, I know that they really want to add um, a couple big guys, a couple forwards in that 2015 class. I know they're really high on uh, the kid Mustafa Diagne, Diagne uh, who's a 6'9 forward at Pope John in, in Sparta, New Jersey. I know Coach Beheim's been out there a couple times to see him. He's going to be up at the Duke-Syracuse game February 1st. Um, <clears throat> I know they also like Thomas Bryant at Huntington Prep, and they've talked about bringing in – you know, the two of those guys, uh, presumably to replace some of the forwards they got leaving. Uh, and I'm sorry, who else did you mention? Um, Derek Jones. Yeah, I mean, Derek Jones is a Philly kid, um, you know, more of a wing player who's, you know, he's got offers now from Kentucky. I mean, I think Kentucky and Syracuse have always kind of been his, his favorites. So I think Syracuse probably has a little bit of an inside track there. Um, but he's the kind of kid that, you know, he can kind of go anywhere he wants. So, We'll have to see when he cuts his list and, and what he does. Adam, we'll get you out of here on this one. Let's take a step further now. We're going to look into the 2016 class. I know you've been talking with Tyus Battle, another great New Jersey recruit, and he's been heavily recruited by Syracuse. What do we need to know about him uh, at, the, at this point? Yeah, Tyus Battle is one of the top you know, 10, 12, 15 players in the class of 2016. 6'5", guard, um, you know, can handle it, could, could play the point at Syracuse, and you know, I guess he'd be similar in height to Michael Carter-Williams. Um, you know, he's got a group of schools that includes Ohio State, Indiana, Villanova, uh, and Syracuse and a few others. But, you know, he plays for that team final AAU program, which is, you know, just landed Malachi and landed uh, Trevor Cooney. So they have a real kind of pipeline to that team. So, you know, I think they're in good shape with him as well. Adam, it's always a pleasure to talk to you again. Adam Zagori at zagsblog.com. So much stuff on recruiting, hoops, and rock and roll, but a lot of Syracuse stuff as well. Adam, again, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Wes. Take care, buddy. 
it's always a pleasure to talk to Adam Zagori. He just knows so much about basketball recruiting and obviously a lot of times with Syracuse. But I want to talk now with over the phone with the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you. Uh, Brad, Syracuse with a close win over Boston College last night, but you have to think a win is a win is a win for this team, especially in the ACC. And especially since only four teams have won all of their games so far this season, including Syracuse. And it's amazing, Wes, you go back to last year, March 10th, Syracuse has lost just twice since then. Of course, to Louisville in the Big East and then to Michigan at the Final Four. And this winning streak is just incredible because you look at it and you think, what's it going to take to knock off this team? <laughs> and teams have tried it with defensive strategy, slowing down the, the pace of the game, uh, shooting from on fire from outside. And in the end, the team that seems to, to get it done is getting it done. That's the orange. And uh, you just got to hand so much credit to Jim Beheim and, and, the, and the core of this team for uh, taking on all challengers. It's funny you say, what is it going to take to knock off this team? Because I think one of those things has to be an off night from C.J. Fair where he completely disappears from the offense. That happened last night. He was completely non-existent in the first half, started to pick it up in the second half. I thought he was a little bit more passive than he should have been, especially because he had a 6-2 guard on him. But it doesn't. I don't think that's too much of a cause for concern. Do you, Brad? No, I don't, because this team is all about defense. If they play great defense, I don't see how they're going to lose because I think they have enough offense. When you think of between Fair, Ennis, Cooney, and Grant, those four guys are going to get it done from a scoring standpoint. And anything you can get out of the big men, uh, Kikeda and Christmas, and then Benajay in the backcourt are simply a bonus. So I'm not worried about if a C.J. Fair has an off game, if a Trevor Cooney has an off game. It seems that among those core of four uh, top-scoring players, there's going to be enough offense night in and night out. Brad, let's talk about the ACC as a whole now because you wrote in your weekly Orange Watch column running on Monday that Syracuse is doing really well. You just mentioned they've only lost twice in this amazing winning streak that they've had. The rest of the ACC is struggling. Duke has been struggling, barely beat Virginia last night. We have Pitt, an old Big East school that's now in the rankings. But that, that's kind of it for the ACC right now. North Carolina projected to be an elite team. It hasn't been elite, as we saw on Saturday. It really seems like Syracuse has the ACC in its sights, and it's theirs for the taking right now. I, I think the ACC West mirrors nationally. We talked about it a week ago, the mediocrity in college basketball. 215 Division I programs. I mean, that's a lot of teams, a lot of players spread out across the nation, and it just seems to me it's going to be so hard for maybe a dozen, 15 programs to kind of have, you know, two, three type future NBA players on the roster. And that, of course, is what it takes to win a national championship. You have to have two to three players that are NBA prospects, and then maybe another couple of players in reserve roles or or feature roles that are going to play professionally, uh, you know, in Europe or somewhere else. And, and I just don't see that. So when you look at rosters of teams, there's just not a lot of teams with a lot of talent, and the ACC simply mirrors that nationally. Brad, I wanted to change topics for a sec, because the rumor mill in Syracuse is really churning right now. There's this talk about this new sports stadium that could either take over completely for the Carrier Dome or kind of be a supplement to the Carrier Dome, right where the old Kennedy Square housing projects used to be in Syracuse. I, I don't know where you stand on this, but I'm really interested to get your take on this, this new proposal that, that may or may not happen. 
Well, I think when you look at the Carrier Dome built in 1980, the Metrodome in Minneapolis is closing this season. That was started, uh, built in 1982. And the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis opened in 1984, and that's been demolished for about seven years now. All three of those buildings came in at the same time, same era. All were very similar construction with a Teflon roof. So you see the Metrodome and the Hoosier Dome are gone. The Carrier Dome is still standing. It's still great and functional. But I do agree that the time has come to look at a more modern facility because live sports today is all about the convenience, the amenities, taking care of the spectators. Because with technology today, uh, making watching games on television so so great with sound and, and the picture, that you have to do something for the uh, the spectators that come in person. So I think there's... No time like now, certainly, to look at it because the funding, the intricate details of how that's all going to happen are certainly going to take a lot of time. It's certainly going to be political. And the other factor that comes into play, if indeed they are looking at a plot of land just to the southeast of downtown Syracuse, as you mentioned, uh, the Kennedy Square apartment area uh, adjoining 81 is that other big question, what do you do with Route 81? <laughs> There's that, that, the lifespan of that, this building, uh, that roadway is uh, only a couple more years. So I think a new facility would go hand-in-hand hand with that bigger question of the uh, uh, infrastructure in Syracuse and, and that important highway that goes through the city uh, would go hand-in-hand hand with this. But I'm all for it. Uh, I think it's time to look at a modern facility, uh, something that would make all uh, fans in upstate New York or central New York, I should say, proud of having such a new uh, facility. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts are around recruiting football style. I know you and Adam spoke about basketball, but three weeks from tomorrow, the National Letter of Intent Day, and I'm just wondering, Wes, if there's going to be a last-minute surprise by Scott Schaefer and company, maybe a recruit we hadn't heard about that's really going to take what's already a solid class and make it that much better. Brad, my closing thoughts are on ESPN announcers Mike Patrick and LaFonso Ellis. For those of you who were watching last night on the ESPN broadcast, they called the BC Syracuse game. They referred to Trevor Cooney as Tyler and Jerry a week after he was called Terry by another announcer. Brad, I mean, let's just look at it this way. Trevor is just not that hard of a name to pronounce or memorize. I'm shocked that ACC broadcasters are struggling with that name so much. Mistakes happen, Wes, and in this day and age, they're so much more magnified, absolutely. Brad, I also wanted to deviate from the script and give a second closing thought to my mother and wish her a very happy birthday. So a happy birthday to my mom. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that the worst time to have a heart attack is during a game of charades. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time.